0: Well, you ready for the word tonight? Good, good. Well, I just want to talk to you about living from promise. We want to live from promise. Isn't that a good place to live? Not having to really figure out what the promises are, because this whole book, right, we talk about the word of God, and it's full of promises for our lives, but God gives us promises, and he wants us to understand and know how to grab hold of those things. You know that? It's the most amazing thing, that we have promises that are given to us, and he really wants us to live out of that place, not being discouraged that we're not there yet, because everyone's in process. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm in process. I'll look at you, I'm in process, and you know that. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit wants us to realize that, living in process we understand that we have a promise that's given to us and god wants to bring us into the fullness of that promise doesn't he it's really about the words spoken to us the word of god given to us all the promises in the book are yes and amen for us and we want to live out of that place because this whole book if we don't have a prophecy right we've just said this before you go right to the book there's a prophecy for you. When God blows life on the word, it becomes prophetic in your life, and you can activate that and live out of it. All of the New Testament, all the promises that Jesus gave us, right? And God is so good. He is so good, he wants you to get to the finish line with, with good, come on, with speed, with endurance, with all those things that help us to live in victory and triumph in all things, right? Because that's where he wants us to live, right? That's why he he came and died for us, that the cross would give us victory to walk in every place with absolute triumph in every area of our lives, right? The cross gave us that power and and his resurrection life. So I just want to talk to you about a few things tonight. And just starting, I thought about, you know, if we don't live with a promise or a pattern that we can't understand, Hey lady shut that thing down what's it prophesying to me it's prophesying something so just in, in a couple illustrations just to understand what God how God wants us to get places he wants us to go places and get places in him doesn't he he's got a he's got a, a finish point for you doesn't he and I started thinking you know I grew up on a sailboat, basically, you know, even when I was younger, they always had me in sailing lessons, my parents. I don't know why. They want to throw me out in the ocean. Maybe they're trying to lose me or something. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was loved. Come on. The Holy Spirit wants us to understand a couple things. And really in sailing, and I learned from my father, and and I learned through lessons, but there's there's points that we live, right? There's points that we'll point it at in our lives, right? God gives us measuring spots to get to. Don't you have goals? Come on, we all have goals in life, don't we? And God wants us to get to those places. And so here's the thing that I learned when we were sailing, especially, you know, if I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I need a compass to go by, right? But the main thing I learned, because we were always near the coast, was I set my mark on the coast. There used to be a water tower in the bay that I'd set my, my... set the stay to, which is the wire that comes down from the, that holds the, holds the, uh, the mast up. It's the stay. And we would just put, put that wire right on there so it would get you where you want to go. So every time the rudder, you get off track, you go back to that point. You can sway the front of the boat. How many know if you get off a little bit, you end up way off? especially on the water like that. You you know you end up down at the end of, of the island. You end up down a river. You know It could be anywhere. But the Lord wants us to understand that he wants to put points in front of us so that you... Here's the thing. Here's my point in that is that God gives us a word and I don't know how anyone lives without a promise from heaven. I, I used to live. I lived for 24 years or 23 years without promises from God knowing that I had to get to a point that God had a place for me to go to. And so a lot of us we work, you know, we work for just to work. Come on, you get up and you go to work. You don't live work for purpose. You don't work for for life, for freedom, you know. And, it, and God wants you to even even in your profession, he wants you to have goals and to go places and to hit that mark, you know. In ministry, he wants you to hit marks. In your personal life, he wants you to hit the mark. But he wants you to always keep that thing in sight you hear what I'm saying? That there's things that he wants you to keep in sight so that we can get there and we can make our way there on the water. Come on, and the wind of the Holy Spirit can come from behind, and it won't be by your might. That's what the, the, the crazy thing about sailing is, you know, if you don't have wind and you don't go anywhere. But I'm telling you, God wants to give us a wind behind us so that we know how to navigate, so we know how to get to the places He's called us to, and that we come on. God brings us to the point of where we're supposed to be, and then He'll give you another place. Come on, you got to get back across the bay. You got go to go the here. You know, Jesus knew a lot about fishing, I guess, didn't He? He knew a lot about going out on the water and getting on the boat. Come on, even if even if you could walk on water, He just made His way, right? And so we have to understand that God wants to bring us through all kinds of tides, waters, come on, things that will come up against us so that we live in the place of purpose. Come on, we're living towards purpose. We're living towards what he called us to. And the other thing was building by design or print. You know, I'm, I, I, live out, I live in the construction business, and we've always, we've always had plans, You can't build a house without a plan. You can't build a house without some type of, come on, blueprint. You know, you can't. You can, you can go by, you can wing it, but I can promise you this, it's not going to turn out like you think. And so sometimes this is the beauty of what God has in his mind for you. He's given in words. He's given in prophetic words. And he's given you in the promises of God and the promises that you believe in God for li- in life. And this is the thing. He wants us to walk in those places. And there's two things involved that we move towards the mark in horizons, right? You've got to move towards that mark. And then we build according to the architect's plan. And God has a plan and he's wanting us to get to that place. I'm going somewhere tonight. I'm going back to the prophetic word that was given to us. It's to us as a house. And it's out of Isaiah 54. We'll go back there eventually. But we will talk about the power of God, the presence of God. Because God wants us to sing and he wants us to rejoice even if we don't see the purpose yet. if Even if we don't see the fulfillment yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants us to live out of a place where we realize that God is actually... Come on, he's encouraging you, his wind's behind you, and just because you don't see the fullness of something yet doesn't mean that it won't happen. Come on, it's a message of hope for us during this season, right? And the Holy Spirit wants us to live out of that. So I I don't know how people can live blindly. I don't know how they can live without the promise because I have to live out of the promise of God in my life. And, And the Holy Spirit wants us to actually grab hold of a real word from heaven. And you know, God's talking all the time. You know that God's speaking all the time. So I am I think we should, honestly, in this next season, as we have a break, come on, I want you to ask God for a plan. Come on, you can do it for yourself. You don't need to, me to dictate a plan for your life, do you? Because that's sad if I have to. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a plan. Come on, real, real practical. For our health. Come on, I thank God I have good health, but in order to keep that health, he wants me to have a plan. It's not when all of a sudden I get sick, then I get a plan and I put the plan into action. Are you hearing me? It's not when I go into bankruptcy <laughs> that all of a sudden I get a plan and go into action. Come on, God wants you to, he wants to speak to you in every area. He wants to speak to you in your finances. He wants to speak to you in the way you live and in in in. The things you consume and we take in, right? I know, I've been living around my wife too long. No, it's awesome. It's good, right? But even through the fast, right? I feel like, you know, dude, I could use a steak, but I don't need it. Come on. I don't really need it. I don't even need chicken, believe it or not. And we eat a lot of chicken. But what I'm saying is this, that God wants to release something to you. And let me tell you, the Word, Jesus is the Word he's always speaking. why? Because he is the Word, and he's got a lot to say I'm just saying that out straight you know it's in the it's in this book, but I know he wants to speak to your spirit over the next few weeks, preparing you to go into two thousand and eighteen right and and I will I'll give you a little rah rah to get into two thousand and eighteen tonight because we want to I want to finish well, and I want to go into promise next year. And I believe that God is speaking this, that eight, right, it speaks of new beginnings, but even better, it speaks of resurrection. So what's God going to do? He's going to resurrect the old things maybe that may have died, that maybe you lost hope on, and I believe this, that we're going to live, we're going to live from promise, because you're going to be able to rejoice in what he's going to bring to you in this next season. All I see is promises in the next season, I don't see brokenness. I don't see, come on, barrenness. I see fruitfulness. I see great living. I see God moving us into a place where we live out of a place of promise and not being discouraged, but I'm really, really encouraged. Come on. Oh, it could always be better. Come on. It could always be better. But if I don't rejoice in the fact of what God's given to me right now in this season and I don't build on that and I don't receive that in a way that I'm saying, yes, God, and I see all these things that are waiting and weighing in in, in the heavenlies. Come on, there's stuff weighing in the heavens. Be ready to be dropped down into your life. And I'm telling you, God has a promise for you and he's going to bring you there. So God's always speaking. He, his word, he's 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 the God of love he wants to see you get there he wants come on he's a god who's faithful he wants to see you make it he wants to see you have victory don't ever think see the enemy makes you start thinking that you don't come on oh god doesn't want me to get there come on i'm all i know you heard that voice oh that's stupid that's my own thoughts no maybe it's not maybe it's a god thought and come on you can live above and beyond and I'm going to tell you this, that God, God honors words given to us. And when we honor the words that he gives to us, then what happens? Come on, then they start to activate. They start to fall. They start to drop in your lap. All of a sudden, you begin to walk into favor. All of a sudden, you can't get away from favor because everything you turn to is an open door. And you have more things to jump into than you knew what to do with before. And so this is the season that I believe God's bringing us into. You know, it's a season of awakening. God's bringing us into awakening to the promises. It's a season where he's going to resurrect the old things that may have been dead. Come on, and he wants to bring them alive. A brand new beginning. A brand new beginning. And so Hebrews says this. Hebrews 6.12 says, but don't become sluggish. Ah, Don't become sluggish, but imitate those who with what? Faith. And patience inherited the promises. That's a good promise for you. Through faith and patience. See, we like the faith talk. We like talking faith, but we don't like the endurance part. And I want to live out of a place where I'm patient. Come on, as a young man, I was very impatient. Even sometimes as an older man, I get very impatient. But I'm telling you that the power of God is in the patience, He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting sometimes. I don't like it, you don't like it, but he is in the waiting. We're waiting for things to come about. We're waiting for certain things to come to us. We're waiting for all the promises of God that we've been waiting for to come on, land on us. But I'm telling you, don't become sluggish. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. That was David. We'll go into that next year. But what what he wants us to do is not seek our own thing, right? John seven eighteen. He who seeks from for himself seeks his own glory, right? But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Isn't that good? That's awesome. That's good if we can live with our heart postured like that out of, full, out of righteousness and truthfulness. Come on, truth. We talked about the spirit of truth last week. The spirit of truth coming into our inner man and living out of us. Come on, and moving out of us. And not only is he inside of us, but he's beside us. And so you have the paraclete. You have the one alongside you, but he's inside you. And he's going to help you move into the things you've been called to do. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. And so I believe call, God calls us to a certain level of discomfort. How many like being uncomfortable? Come on, I love it. Come and work with me for a day, you know, last week, 22 degrees. I find myself like this. I'm walking like this the whole time. I can't relax. Come on. That's what happens when we're uncomfortable. We're always like this. Always tense. Makes us tense, man. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants you to just relax. Come on. There's rest in the promise. There's rest in the promise. Listen, you, cannot be slu- you can not be sluggish, right? And still rest. You can still work towards the thing God's calling you to and live towards it. Come on, we're living towards it. We're living our life towards it, towards a promise. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that for you and in you. So I, I believe that he causes that level of, of just of being very uncomfortable. And I think um, some of us, sometimes we need dynamite to get us out of our seat to do and move something. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious tonight. It's true. Some of us don't move unless heaven's shaken and the earth is moving because we're afraid we're going to fall into the earth. But the Holy Spirit really wants you to respond by the come on by the still small voice. And when he speaks to us, he wants us to speak the things that He's told us to speak. He wants to walk into the things that he' called us to walk into. He doesn't want us to walk outside of that. And so God may be speaking not, come on, he's speaking loud even if he's speaking soft. And so it's about learning how to hear his voice. And so when we're, uncom- when we're uncomfortable, we don't want to move, right? When we're uncomfortable, we don't want to move. And I was just thinking about comfort. You know, I can be on the couch and I can be just chilling out, right? Nice. Nice. TV's on, relaxing, on the blanket on me, on the sectional, just chilling out. And then if I'm asked if I need something, I will take it up. Come on. I'll take it up. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> Come on. Come on, you all know where I'm at. Yep. Come on, just chilling. My wife, or I'll just say, or I'll just say, I'll, Victoria. Usually I have to yell downstairs and get your Josiah. But he'll never come up and get me something, you know. I got two ladies that help me a lot. They're they're great. So what happens is I'll get something. But here's the thing, right? I'm just perfect illustration, guys. We get what we need when we don't have to move. But in order to get what we want, see, sometimes I won't get ice cream. Come on, the ice cream won't get shuttled over. No, you get it yourself. Come on, somebody what I'm saying to you is what happens is we get what we need when we're comfortable. We get what we need when we're comfortable. But when it's when we're not comfortable, all of a sudden, we got to get up. Come on, get uncovered. Get out of our little cocoon. Come on. And then we got to go after it. Whatever you want. And the kingdom is the same way, right? The kingdom is the same. The kingdom... In the kingdom, most of what we need is brought to us, right? But most of what you want, you have to pursue. And so I believe God is calling us to a certain level of discomfort. Someone say amen on that. Come on. Come on. God is calling us to a certain level of discomfort. And I believe that. I believe that. Come on, we if we go, if we're going to be safe, if we're going to be safe, it'll be comfortable. But as soon as you venture beyond safety, as soon as you venture beyond what you're used to, what you're comfortable with, all of a sudden things get uncomfortable. And I believe God wants to bring us to that place. So I was just thinking about Mary. Come on, we're in the Christmas season. I'll look at this more with my family this week. <laughs> but I feel like when Mary was given a promise, come on. First it, was, first it was Zachariah that was given a promise, right? Of John the Baptist. Here's the one who's going to come in the spirit of Elijah, the one who was prophesied about, and he's a priest and he's serving, right? And he's, light, he's going in to, to, light, to light something. And poof, there's an angel. And the angel begins to prophesy and begins to tell him, that which you prayed for, that's which was promised to you, is coming and it's coming soon. It's coming now. And he says, wait, what? And he said, and Gabriel, come on. Gabriel has to show up, like one of the big four. Well, big three, till the other fourth one got thrown. But the big three, come on. Comes down and says, "Listen, this is how it's going, Zach. I'm gonna shut your mouth because unbelief's all over you. You can't, because I don't want you. You don't need to speak death to my promise. You don't need to speak death to my promise." And then you have Mary. She's chilling. She's not married, and the Holy Ghost. You know, another angel shows up and gives a promise. You're going to have the Savior, the one that all eternity, everyone's been waiting for. The whole curtain of of life has been waiting for this stage to be open, and you're the one. And then she says, ah, there's a problem. I have no man. And he says, don't worry about that. That's minor detail. (laughs) That's a minor detail. Because the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And he's gonna impregnate you, and you're gonna have the son of promise that's gonna to come to the earth. And then what does she say? She said, So so it said this in verse 36 of Luke chapter 1. We'll go to 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore the holy one who is born, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. And now, indeed, Elizabeth. Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of, of, of her who was called barren. Remember that word, barren. For, for with God nothing, is, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Come on, that's amazing. That's an amazing promise that she just received. And what does she do? It's a big thing. Come on. It's a huge thing. It's crazy because the fire, the fire of heaven just visited with her and said, you're going to bring forth Jesus. And meanwhile, he's over here talking to Joseph. Come on. Heaven is busy. Come on. Heaven's super busy. And say, listen, you're going to take Mary. You're going to take care of her. And she's going to receive Jesus, the Son of God. And you're going to marry her. Good? I'm good. Bye. (laughs) Come on, heaven's so active, man. I know we're talking about the time of Jesus, but we are talking this time. So come on, let's believe that God's going to have activity in our lives right now. That heaven will come and begin to speak to everyone in this place. Come on, and speak to your friends. And speak to your wife. And speak to your uncle. And speak to those who haven't heard him. And God wants to do so many things. and He's just looking for someone to say, let it be unto me according to your will. Let it be unto me according to what you say, God. And that's where we, we get stumbling and bumbling. Where we hear the word, and God's looking for it to land in good seed. good Good soil, sorry. He's looking for the seed to land in good soil. So Lord, let it be unto us according to your word. Let the word come to us and let us receive it, God, right now. So that we can bring forth everything you're calling us to in this next season. So I'm prophesying that to you right now. Isaiah 54, verse 1. We've gone over this for a few weeks. And everything's coming together. Promises that are made, already happening. Right? But he says this, sing, O barren one. You have not born. Bring forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. Engage, enlarge, engage. Enlarge the place of your tent. And stretch them out. The curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. And strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants shall, will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. And I just want you to look at a couple things, two, two things mainly. Sing, O barren one. What is God saying? It's saying, the Lord's saying, in our barrenness, we need to sing. In our barrenness, we need to praise. In our barrenness, we need to believe what he says and shout about it. And we need to be encouraged in the midst of not seeing the fruit, in the midst of not seeing what he's about to bring forth. And I know that I know that I know that you're going to see a manifestation of it in the next 12 months. Come on. Please. We must ground ourselves in that. We need, need to ground ourselves in celebrating and in praise. If if I just would praise, come on, it opens my spirit up to not thinking about the things that I haven't seen yet. It opens my mind. It it renews your mind to think about the things that haven't happened yet, but they're going to come forth and they're going to burst forth in your life. Right? And so we need to celebrate before time because what happens is it's very easy to celebrate, I knew that. The Lord told me that when it already happened. No, I'm telling you, we've got to become a people that are celebrating before the thing comes forth, but before it's full term, before it's absolutely even, come on, we even have a knowledge that there's something being birthed. Yeah. And listen, what's crazy is this second part of the promise. For more are the children of the desolate. I like that. See, I can resonate with that. More are the children of the desolate than what? Than the children of the married woman. So what does this mean? You know what? As humans, we continually compare ourselves to other people. Come on, I do it. Come on, I can't walk into another ministry or something without going, wow. You know, like not being jealous, but like, wow, if it's something greater than what you're already carrying. But here's what the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> oh, my. It doesn't matter because what happens is when you sing, oh, Baron one, when you're encouraged by what's already happening, even if you don't see the full manifestation of what's already happening, that he's going to what? I've always been a late bloomer. Come on. I looked, I was awkward, I was ugly. Come on, now look at me. (laughs) Come on. I just, come on. Maybe that shouldn't be on on live. What I'm saying is this. What happens? My God. Got me blushing on the internet now. I said it, came out of my mouth. I'm only teasing. But you know what I'm saying Come on, some of us are late bloomers. It's just the way it is. And I feel like this. I feel like the Lord said, doesn't matter what happens to people that have been sowing for decades, God's going to begin to bring you into a season of fruitfulness that's going to surpass that, which you've seen in, on other people in the past. Come on, can you believe that for yourself? I'd receive it for yourself right now. I'm telling you. So we must ground ourselves in celebration, declaration, and believing. Faith. Marie shouted it out earlier, right? Celebrate before time, knowing that in any area, any area, any area, I'll say it again, any area of barrenness, that it doesn't need to stay that way, that God can burst forth and flourish that area of your life in a moment. If you just continue to believe him and celebrate in the fact that, God, you did all this for me. You just, you saved me. You brought me out of a pit. You brought me out of a hard place. You brought me out of all kinds of different places. But I'm telling you, he's looking for a people that will continue to believe him and continue to declare the goodness of who he is, even though we don't see the fullness of it. Right? So I prophesy to the region right now, right? Right? So I prophesy to the region right now that it will be a season of awakening, that we'll step right into that, that we won't, we won't back off from that, that we will repent of all the things that we need to repent of, so that what? Times of refreshing will seed the ground. And something's going to break forth. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. We're going to see salvation as far as the eye can see. The multitudes in the valley of decision coming. That's what I'm believing for. I can't believe anything less. And someone's got to partner with me on that. Come on, no one does, but I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. Holy Spirit's going to do it. The King is going to do it. So, you're going to have more fruit than the one who's labored. The one who's already labored. We have that picture in Ruth, right? She comes, she leaves everything to follow the Holy Spirit, to follow the Spirit of God into a place where she knows no one, she got no job, and then she goes out into the field. And her heavenly Boaz, right, her heavenly Boaz says, listen, guys, just throw the sheaves right in front of her so that when she's coming out to collect and grab and pull harvest, that she doesn't have to work. It's just right before her telling you there's such power in that illustration for us today that you need to understand that god has already prepared the way and if we would just follow the holy spirit if we just follow him if we'd follow his voice if we'd follow his leading if we'd follow what he's saying and we'd follow the path that he brings us on and we would keep our eye on the picture on the mark on the post that he set for us, that we won't miss it. Come on, you'll go right behind, and you'll begin to yield, yield, yield. That's the, that's the prophecy that was in, in Isaiah as well, right? That the, the plowman, or it might have been in Amos. I can't remember my prophets right now. That the plowman will overtake the reaper. That harvest, we won't even know what to do with the harvest. We won't know what to do with the wealth of the wicked, Yeah, I'll say it. We won't know what to do with all the cripples raising up like an army of dead bones. Come on. People just getting totally touched by heaven. And I'm believing that God is going to wreck the region. Come on, he's got to start with the leaders. He's got to start with the leaders. Everyone repent. Boom. And get straight and then the glory of God is just going to come in. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge it. What does that mean? How am I? Good, right? Enlarge the place of your tent. That means, add. A, listen, the whole thing in the, in the Old Testament, it was tents. <laughs> so if it was today, it would be, Add a room. Expand the beams. Make the place bigger, because it can't fit what I'm about to bring. I'm telling you, he's telling us to add things. Open up. Don't spare. I like that. Don't spare. Do not spare. Do not spare. That means don't be stingy with what God's about to do. God's about to bring something, and we try to, oh, maybe we don't take the growth jump that much. Maybe we don't add a room. Maybe we don't expand that way and that way. Maybe we just expand that way. No, God's saying, don't spare. Because here's what happens, is if we don't prepare for big, if we don't prepare for something large, God doing something huge, then God will only do unto you according to your faith. Let it be done to me according to your word. Your word says expand to the right and expand to the left. And don't spare. And if God tells me don't spare, I will spare nothing. I will pour out so that he can come and invade the whole place. Right? So he can come and invade. Bishop Jake's moment. Get ready, get ready, get ready. My goodness. Someone get ready. Get ready. Get ready for God to make a place for his awe and his wonder to be seen. Every barren situation. Every amazing thing that you believe for, it's not barren. It's not dead. It's very much alive. The question is, like we were here praying on Friday, who's going to prophesy to the bones? Who's going to prophesy to the bones? Who's going to declare the goodness of God to the bones, to the dead places that we feel like we can't touch? Come on, but the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, saying... Speak to the bones, speak to that witch, and I'll come and I'll fill that place, and I'll fill it with life, and I'll fill it with sinew, and I'll fill it with skin, and it'll be formed. And so we have to declare that over everything that we're believing for, that God will bring life to that thing, life to it. And promises make room for barren places. Ha. We're living from promise. Promise makes room in the barren place, it makes room for something to be blown in and increased in a barren, dead place. We need to build rooms for what God has designed. And usually God doesn't think that you can't do it. You hear me? Usually God doesn't think he can't do that. She can't do that. God doesn't think that way. We think that way because we go, wow, that thing's way bigger than I ever thought. But I was always told if I was dreaming with with something, a dream that I thought that I could accomplish in my own strength, then it wasn't a God dream. So somewhere along the line, we need to step out of the boat and step beyond ourselves. It has to go beyond ourselves to let God's life come into the situation. So when I step into that which God already promised, if he promised restoration for the family, then come on, you're believing for it. If he promised a better job, if he promised... Come on, wholeness in your body. If he promised something that you can't believe for, then believe that he makes room in the barren place. He makes room for himself in the barren place. And he wants to live in that place and consume that place. And everywhere God goes comes life. Amen? Here's the thing. He's looking for the courageous. He's looking for those who are filled with courage and listen and operate and live and move out of what he says, right? So Joshua 1, one of my beginning scriptures for my whole entire life, says only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do. According to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. What did I say? Fix your eyes on some spot that God's given you. You go to that one place. You focus on that one thing. See, this is why we get all taken off on all different... Come on, we go all... I've said this before. God gives us a promise, and we go all different ways because we get another side promise, and we go to the other promise... And we don't focus on the one thing. What did God call you to do at the beginning? What did he say from the day one? If he hasn't said anything, a directive, then I'm asking you tonight, find the directive. What did he say? What's he calling you to? What's he he calling you to? If it's one thing, if it's restoration in my household, that's a good promise. Then you just focus on that promise. And everything else, watch. When you go for the God promise, everything around you begins to flourish. Everything else starts to happen because you're going after the one thing. The one thing that he called you to do. If he's looking for that. Okay. Do not turn from the right or to the left hand. That you may prosper wherever you go. There it is, right? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe, that word observe again, to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll, you'll make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. Don't you like that? I like that. So here you go, right? That word observe is to keep, to retain, to treasure up in your memory. Where is the problem? It's in our mind. Where are we where are we looking to shift things? All of all of the open heavens, it's up here. <laughs> Heaven being open is right here. Right, Because we think of things and God wants to open us. So he, he wants us to keep and retain and understand and look at the promise of heaven. And so when the, that promise from heaven is ingrained in our minds and in our hearts, come on, our minds and our hearts, then we begin to just go after it because you're single-minded and you're single, come on, you got one focus and you're going after God's dream for your life. How many want God's dream for your life? I totally want God's dream for my life. And so here's where we go. God begins to do these things because why? We, we give ourselves to continue to observe, to do. We keep the things in our mind and our heart that we observe, that we keep, come on, keep, and we tend it. That's what the word is. It's to take care of it. When we observe it, when we focus on it, we take care of it. And when we're focused on it, we get, we begin to observe what God does, and he begins to bring us closer to the mark. You know, there's a story in 2 Kings, and I don't want to get off on a on a on a trail, but I might. In ending. But I realize this, you know. Elisha the prophet used to come and visit a woman, the Sunamite woman, right? He'd go there and visit time and time again until finally, right? He must have been going there and encouraging them. And, you know, they just lived there and they just served the prophet. They served, come on, he's the guy that brought the word of the Lord, right? So they just served him. And then finally one day, she got an idea. She's like, we're going to build a room. We're going to expand this house. This just came to me now. But we're going to expand this house to receive the prophetic. And sometimes we despise the prophetic, but I'm telling you, don't despise the prophetic. We need to embrace the prophetic. You've got prophetic promises. This whole book is prophetic. So if we despise prophecy and Paul tells us don't despise prophecy, he says, actually go after it. You want it. You need to grab it. And so the Holy Spirit is wanting us to grab hold it and make room for the prophet. What happens? He he continues to con, just continues to ask her this one question. What is it you need? And she said, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm all good. Until finally, his servant Gehazi must have got in there and said, listen, lady, he ain't going to leave until you say something. What do you need? Because, you know, Elisha was, he's saying, I'll go to the king. What do you want? Because he had, come on, he had political pull. And he could have taken care of whatever. You need land? You need something? What do you need from me? Like, you've been so good to me, and you just, you absolutely embrace what I do. You embrace my ministry. You Come on, you love it on me every, every time I come through town? And now you've built a room for me with a lamp and a bed, and I have the, all the comforts of the home while I'm on the road. I can hang out here. She valued the prophetic. She valued it. They valued it. So what happened? He gives a promise now because she's like, I'm okay. And then Gehazi tells her, no, no, they've been been believing for a kid. They want a baby. Come on, it's babies again. It's all babies. Babies, babies, babies. God's on this. So he prophesied, and she says, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I don't want to hear a word. And every one of us have done that. Don't tell me that's a really amazing promise that don't lie to me. That promise from heaven is too good for me. I can't believe that because I've been barren. I've been living in barrenness. But Elijah says, no, no. This time next year, when I come through, come on, you can have a baby. Sure enough, the word of the Lord was true. Why? Because he was a true prophet. Right? And so the true word, when it comes forth, it's going to bear fruit. The true word when it comes forth is gonna bear fruit. Well, we have all kinds of things going on now, right? We have all kinds of things in this story happening. The whole it runs all through the book if you can't keep track of it. But the whole what happens is now they're out in the field and the son dies. Death of a promise. Death of a promise. What? That can't be true. So now, like all of us should be, when something that we've seen come to pass, come on, you've seen, you've had a taste of it, you've seen the manifestation of it, and now that thing is all of a sudden dying. That thing's dead in the field. That son is dead in the field. That baby is now, however old he is now, he's now dead because he got a head injury and is now in the bed and dead. No life. And so they go find Elisha and they grab hold of him. And she's grabbed him by the feet now. She is like, You told me, and I'm not leaving until you raise, until you bring this thing back to life. Every promise. And that's what he does. But he sends forth Gehazi: take the rod, lay it on the child it'll be all set. It didn't happen, it didn't work. <laughs> so then he goes and now he lays on the boy breath to breath, eye to eye and breathes in seven times, right? The story goes. Story continues. Come on, they rejoice, but she didn't give up. Let me tell you this. She was she believed in the promise. She believed on the promise. She believed on the promise. Let's go ahead a little further. Now there's a famine in the land. Same lady. He goes to her house. Says, listen, ma'am, you need to get out of here. There's going to be seven years of barrenness. But when you come back, don't worry. God will take care of it. So what happened? Same thing. She does. She does what the prophet says. She leaves. She goes to another place. She lives out of the place. She leaves the place of barrenness and comes back, and everything is desolate. Everything's gone. But the same thing happened. The word of the Lord was true because he spoke, and he spoke to the king, and the king said, I'll restore everything you had. Total restoration of the land. I'll bring all the provision that you need, and everything was taken care of. Here's the thing, guys. When God's speaking, and we respond, and we honor. Here we go. This is the end. We honor. We honor what he says. We honor the word spoken over our lives. We honor the very thing that's been prophesied to you. You honor the word of God. You just honor the word of God. Just honor this. You don't even need a prophetic word. If we just honor the word of God and live according to the word... I'm telling you right now, favor, blessing, it will come to your life. This is not American preaching. Come on, that's not, it's the truth. That's what he said in the Bible. Didn't he say that in Joshua? He said this, he said, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Don't stop believing, just go on the word I spoke to you. And the words I gave to Moses, you follow those things, and you follow it right into your destiny, because you're going to see the manifestation of what Moses was speaking and wanting to see, but he never saw it, because he died in the wilderness. And the power of God is going to come and release on your life a grace to step into the fullness of that. You may have battles. You may have to contend. You may have to do some things. But I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit going to help you to do those things. And the Lord, the Lord will say the same thing to you. He's going to help you to do those things that he's called you to do. And there'll be nothing that can get in the way. There's nothing that can keep you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is nothing on the earth that can keep you from the promise of heaven. So let's stand after that. You dry pipes after shouting. Let's just reach up and grab. We're just gonna grab the promises because everyone in this room has promises. If you don't, you get it in the word. Easy, filled with promises, right? So we're just gonna grab up from the Lord, but I'm gonna just pray tonight. We're just released tonight. An ability to sing. In the barren place. (laughs) I'm not praying for the barren place to go away. (laughs) That's not what I'm praying tonight. I'm praying that you get the ability to sing in the barren place. Because God wants you to do it and it's not about, again, someone laying hands. And I believe that God can rid barren, like if there's someone in this room that's been wanting a, a baby, I'll pray for that. I'll pray for your promises to come to life. But the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of the fact that He's the one that's going to bring fruitfulness, going to bring expansion, going to bring such increase in our barren place. He's going to bring it. It's going to go through being through trust. So Father, we thank You tonight Lord, all over the room, I thank you for the presence. I thank you for the thick presence of God right now. I thank you, Father, you've given to us precious promises. Lord, I thank you even over this house, but I thank you even more so over the region. And I I thank you that we can be a part of it. And so we thank you. We thank you. I thank you that in 2018, you're going to bring us and you're going to revive us. You're going to bring resurrection life to every promise. I thank you, Father, for your love. I thank you for your power over every person's life. Lord, release now, or just release it now the ability to sing, the ability to celebrate, the ability to declare and speak the words you've spoken to us, the word of God over our lives. Lord, we speak healing over every person's life in this place. Lord, release the grace for healing for deliverance, for setting us free from mindsets we know we need to get set free from. Lord, bring a grace for that tonight. But Lord, put within our hearts a song that we can sing in the midst of any area of barrenness. Knowing that, God, as you bring us through that place, as we stand on the promises that you've given, as we live from the place of promise that we get to receive. We get to receive the fulfillment of every dream. And I thank you for the fire from heaven. Over the next few weeks, Lord, I pray you just baptize and brood over every person that's here tonight. Lord, those who haven't been able to make it the last few weeks, Father, we just pray. We pray for for Julie. We pray for Dave's mom. We pray that you bring resurrection life to that, her body, right now. We pray you release that over her body. God, we ask that your life would come into us that we'd begin to believe for the expansion, for the bigger places. We're going to make room for you to come into. We're going to make big spaces for you to come into so that nothing else can dwell. And we thank you tonight. We thank you for that.